0: « Toutes les injustices, je déclare et je propose une grève générale de la prostitution »« Tournée latino-américaine de Dimitri Medvedev
1: confirme... »« Certains spécialistes considèrent la prostitution comme un cancer de la société... » un mal nécessaire qu'il faut réglementer très strict. We are Irina, Emma and Lea. We are women, we are feminists and we are passionate about the narratives, representations and uses of the past. Because of this, we truly question ourselves on the gender question, on prostitution, and on the links that we can draw between feminisms and history. On the links that we can draw between the present and the past, between fantasies and realities, and between a male gaze, a prostitute gaze, and something right in between. And this podcast's mini-series is one of our answers.
0: And the easiest way to start our answer is by defining prostitution. So the activity of prostitution is basically to sell a sexual service in exchange of money or financial compensation. However, we rapidly saw that the definition is not limited to that sentence, as it has diverse forms and can evolve through time. The anthropologist Paula Tabed, for example, precise that, and I quote, Prostitution is much more a normative category, whose function is to set out the rules for legitimate and illegitimate use of women's body in different societies. So here we see that prostitution has to be replaced in its social context constantly. We also have to mention the diverse forms of it. Les camionnettes au bord des nationales, les marcheuses de Belleville, le quartier mondialement connu de Pigalle, le bois de Boulogne... Il suffit d'ouvrir les yeux, la prostitution est partout, mais on la questionne finalement assez peu. Parmi les personnes qui sont prostituées, la majorité sont des femmes. Et ceux qui payent pour l'accès à leur vagin, à leur anus, à leur bouche, sont des hommes. Bien sûr, il y a aussi des femmes qui payent des gigolos. On ne nie pas le phénomène, mais dans cet épisode, ce n'est pas ce dont on va parler.
1: An extract from Les coups sur la table, episode, prostitution, "Ceux qui disent oui, ceux qui disent non."
0: Thinking about the representations we have of prostitutes, we have the ones on the streets or in brothels in the Maison Close. The courtesan is, is also a form of prostitution, and of course, we have the private prostitution, which is much more difficult to study. The multiplicity implies different places of prostitution, different contexts, and thus different approaches, modalities, and issues. For example, regarding self-protection and defense of the sex workers, or on the matter of consent and constraints, it differs depending on the form it takes. And also different uses of prostitute figure. Uh, it can be as a victim, a delinquent, or it can be recognized as a sex worker, legitimate to do whatever they want. And as we're going to talk about representation of gendered relations, we have to mention the targets of this podcast, which are the ones represented as cisgender women with heterosexual relations. Actually, we can assume that everyone can prostitute themselves, and also there is a lot of studies on men prostitutes with homosexual relations or transgender women. So once again it is aimed to put a frame to our study as we have only 1 hour of podcasts, but still we will be able to dig into power relations with the heterosexual prostitution in this patriarchal society. So,
1: Et c'est ainsi qu'a au devant de la the scène une très ancienne controverse qui a été virulente en particulier au XIXe siècle. Faut-il ou non tolérer un système d'échange spécifique qui a été accepté sinon promu dans la plupart des sociétés dans le passé, mais qui pose des problèmes moraux, sanitaires et sociaux très aigus, notamment quant à la condition des femmes. Est-ce un mal nécessaire, comme disait Flaubert dans son dictionnaire des idées reçues, dont il est toujours sage de canaliser la pratique et les conséquences, ou bien un scandale éthique
2: so now before moving on, let's make some clarifications about the different positions in the feminist debate around prostitution. A debate which emerged at the 19 during the 19th century, and the terms of this debate also emerged emerged at that time. So we have to make a little clarification about the, the main positions, which are abolitionism, prohibitionism, reglamentarism, and pro-sex mainly. So let's begin with Reglementarism. Reglementarism refers to the system which was implemented in France between the consulat, so between 1800-1804 and um, which lasted until the 1946 Law Martyricha, and the the abolition of the Brussels. Um, it was a system of toleration of prostitution which means that uh, prostitution of unmarried and of aged women was authorized uh, at their places or in brothels, the so-called maison close but they had to be registered uh, at the police headquarters and pass a medical examination regularly, uh, and so on, so there was s- strict rules. And in fact, the term abolitionism, then, was thus originally referring to those who wanted the abolition of this regulatory system, but not necessarily of prostitution in general. On the contrary, those who wanted the the complete abolition of prostitution were known as the prohibitionists, but uh, since the end of this regulatory system, there is a little confusion between the term abolitionism and prohibitionism, which have come to, to mean approximately the same thing. So today we use the word abolitionism to mean the same as prohibitionism, that is the complete abolition of prostitution. And on the other hand, on the other hand today in the feminist debate, the other main position is that of the pro-sex which, who are advocated for the decriminalization of prostitution, which they call sex work because they consider it as an occupation. To sum up a bit, the, the debate today as it was in the 19th century, mainly focuses on three points either the complete abolition of prostitution or not the complete abolition of prostitution but a regulation by the state or um, a complete decriminalization of prostitution, uh, an authorization of sex work in fact. So in this series of podcasts we are interested in seeing and identifying how the the representation of the figure of the prostitute during the two last centuries influenced and shaped the representations and the positions of the debates today around prostitution. And so we have to say that the main uh, representation of the figure of the prostitute during the 19th and the 20th century mainly were constantly oscillating between On the one hand the prostitution as a delinquent, she was always the one criminalized by the law, it was never the client, and on the other hand the the constant victimization of the figure of the prostitute and as a justification for either the intervention of the state or its complete abolition. Before seeing finally a kind of recognition of the of the prostitute's right, and a, a perception and a representation of the figure of the prostitute, as a woman free of her choice, uh, who had the, the, the right to to do what she wants with her body.
1: But why combining the history of prostitution to art? Well, mainly because the cultural dimension is often forgotten within the academic field of prostitution. whereas. Artistic productions are paramount in order to understand what are these old narratives and how they have been shaped. Art is actually of great use to wander between fantasies and realities and the many ambiguities of prostitution, mainly because by analyzing art, we step aside from academic objectivity and we take a closer look at perspectives, at standpoints and gazes, According to the work L'Imaginaire de la Prostitution, de la Bohème à la Belle Époque, these cultural representations disclose a male and white entre soi, which conditions the imaginary dominating prostitution. You might have understood it by now in our podcast, the notion of the male gaze will be central. According to Laura Mulvey, the male gaze is the act of depicting women and the world in art from a masculine heterosexual perspective. She explains that through this standpoint, women are being represented as sexual objects for the pleasure of the heterosexual male viewer. Women are thus a product when men are the producers of the images. So the issue is the following one: to have a gaze is to have a voice, because it is through one's eyes that the audience perceives the narrative. À présent, on a toujours vu les femmes finalement telles que les hommes les ont. And so we are going to answer the following question. To what extent is this theory of the male gaze appropriate for studying prostitution?
0: Now we've determined how wide and interesting the subject was, we'll study through the following question. How did the narratives, uses, and representations of prostitution in art in France in the 19th and 20th centuries shape nowadays understandings of prostitution and current feminist debates? So first, we will study the present representation through the angle of power relations to then dig into the past and thus always have in mind the present debates and issues tackled by the subject so that we stay in the relation past-present. Then, in the second part, uh, we will study from the 19th century to the 1970s um, by with the question of representation that artists installed towards prostitution. And finally, in the third and last part, we will see if there is a potential change of perspective and gaze in the art from the 1970s to nowadays. et parce qu'elle a peur des microbes (rire) on est très
2: attaché à l'idée de la pute qui souffre parce que ça rassure beaucoup les hommes et que ça rassure beaucoup le patriarcat les
1: propriétaires du trottoir
2: c'est nous le coup d'œil
1: sur l'histoire le recul vers une période ou, comme aurait dit Racine, vers un pays éloigné, vous donne des perspectives sur votre époque.